And so he knows what he's going to do. He's, he's got every situation in our life under control. If we'll just let him be him. Amen. We're going to uh, go ahead and begin uh, this, the latter part of this service. I'm going to go ahead and, and have you stand. Amen. If we could just do that in honor of the Word of God. Amen. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide asunder the soul and the spirits and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so I want the Lord to do that today through His Word. You know, we lift up the name of Jesus as the only saving name, but the Bible says that His Word needs to be lifted up above His name. Amen. And so... If we could just pray one more time for God to just move into this place and, and if we could bind some devils, bind some spirits so that we can receive what God has for us today. If we could do that together right now. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this service. We thank you for your word, your power, your authority. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in the midst of us today. We thank you for moving in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for drawing all men unto you, Lord, all because we lift up your name, all because we lift you up in our life and in this congregation today. Lord, that you would have your way in this service today. Have your way. We bind every spirit, every demon, and every devil in the name of Jesus. We command the leave this place in the name of Jesus, and we loose your angels, O God, in this place to minister all around us today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If we could start, Sister Parker, in verse 1 of Colossians chapter 3. If you could turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Amen. And when you're there, say amen. Amen. Those that don't have a Bible are already there because it's up on the board. Amen. Colossians 3, verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. Everybody say, for ye are dead. Everybody say, I'm dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If ye then be risen with Christ, amen, that's a, that's a good question. And Jesus, uh, Paul is speaking to the church at Colossae. So this is to the church. This is not to unbelievers. This is to the church. It says there to seek those things which are above, amen, seek the things of God, amen, where Christ sitteth on the right hand, that's a position of power and authority, there is no, no, there's nothing to the right of God. There's nothing to the left of God. God is just, He's omnipresent. And so that, that right hand of God is a, is a place of authority and power. Jesus said when He left this earth that all power and authority in heaven and earth were given unto Him. Amen. And that same authority and power has been given unto us that have His Spirit dwelling in us. We have, the Bible says that out of His belly, out of our bellies, shall flow rivers of living water. 
What does that represent? That represents the power and the anointing, the presence of God dwelling in us. It's not just one river, it's rivers. Amen? And so, it says to set your affections, or your, your natural, set your thinking, set your, your thought patterns, set the things that, that you count as valuable on the things that are above, and not on the things on the earth. Don't get yourself so focused on what's going on around you that you totally miss out on what God is trying to do in your life. Amen. And then it says in verse 3, For ye are dead. Talking to the church. This is the, now this is coming from a man who understands about what it means to be dead in Christ. Amen. When the Apostle Paul came to the Lord when he was Saul, and there was a man named Ananias and some folks that were praying, and they were asking God to get rid of Saul because he was persecuting the church. And little did they know that their prayer was going to have the effect that it did, that it was not only going to take care of Paul, but it was going to turn him in another direction. Amen. Sometimes when we pray, we're, we're wanting to pray that God will take somebody out. Or take a situation, and, and God's got another plan, Sister Parker already brought out. He's got another plan. He's even got a better plan than the one we came up with. Amen. God had a plan for Paul's life. And so when Ananias was sent to Paul, God said to, to tell him that I'm going to call him and that I need you to tell him of the things that he must suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Now, how many of us, if God would have came to us and sent somebody to us and said, now, before you go to that altar, before you, because we all got to that place of decision in our life. Amen? I, I got in a prayer line in a church. I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. I just thought I was getting in a prayer line. I just thought I was going to get some prayer. I didn't have any idea what was going to happen to me that Friday night. But if somebody would have said, before you get the Holy Ghost, I just want you to know there's some things you're going to have to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. At 21 years old, I would have turned tail and run. Right? Now, if somebody came and told you that, wouldn't you, wouldn't you have some second thoughts? Now, you're going to have to suffer some things, but, but it's okay. Go ahead and serve him. But you're going to suffer some things, and, and you don't get any details? Would you? We would have second thoughts about serving God if he gave us all that information ahead of time. And Saul made the decision. Go ahead and baptize me, Whatever. Because something happened to me that was profound. God spoke to me out of nowhere and said, He said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. That would have been enough for me. Jesus speaking to me, blinding me, and then sending a, one of those people that I'm persecuting to baptize me in Jesus' name. That would have been enough for me. And Paul knew at that point, it doesn't say this, but Paul knew at that point, he was going to have to die. Amen? And he had no idea what was coming. And, I mean, it was just one, if you look at Paul's ministry in the Bible, it was one train wreck after another. It was one beating after another. It was one prison cell after another. The Bible says he went through fastings often. 
he said he, the Bible said he went through hungerings often. That's when you don't, that's when you involuntarily fast because there's no food. He went through so many things in the Bible and in his life. Amen. And you would have thought that Paul would have, you know, after every situation that happened in his life, you would have thought he would have, I can imagine he was saying, okay, I got stoned nearly to death. Maybe I've died enough. Maybe, maybe he's done with me. And then something else came along. And he thought, okay, maybe I wasn't dead enough. And then something else came along. Right? Like God just keeps sending stuff your way and you can't pray this stuff out of your life. You know? Before Jesus Christ came into the world to set men free from their, from their sinful nature and from, from the things that were going on in their life when it was just the Jews and the Jewish religion and then the Gentiles, I mean, people were doing whatever was right in their own eyes. And then Jesus Christ came along. God had a plan. And He was working His plan. He was operating His plan. And He came along and for 30 years... Nobody really knew who he was. Nobody really knew who he was. He he took over his father's uh, carpenter shop, and but then there came a day. There came a day where he closed that door and locked it for the last time. And his father said, "Getting ready to launch out your ministry." And three and a half years later, he went to the cross, and everything changed at that point. And it all had to do with one thing. This whole change from one covenant to the other had, to, had was done with one act of righteousness. That, that act that Jesus Christ did on the cross. He died on the cross. And so death was what launched this covenant that we have into our lives today. And so that's the whole root and base of this whole salvation that we have is that we die to ourselves. On that day when he died on that cross, suddenly everything up to that point that had to do with the old law was done away with. Suddenly all those Jews that were saved were no longer saved. So all of a sudden everybody had to go through the same process. And the man that preached on the day of Pentecost, talk about somebody that felt like they had to die... This was the man, Peter, this, this was the one that, that Jesus was trying the hardest, I guess, in my opinion, to really prepare him because he already knew what he was going to have to do. And there's the man that, that denied the very God of glory. This is the one that said, that Jesus said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. This is that guy. The one that he gave the keys to the kingdom. And so he had to get up on that day of Pentecost after he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that upper room. And he, with all those things in his mind, talk about the mind doing a work on you. He had, to, he had to get up there and put all that stuff behind him and say, this is something that's bigger than me. And he had to get up and preach that message. And what was he telling those people that were listening to him on that day of Pentecost? You gotta die. You gotta die. Amen. What, what did he tell them? 
They said at the end of his message, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What are we going to do? We really see their eyes got open. They began to see what they had done to the Lord of glory. Amen. Anybody ever felt conviction in here? Everybody ever felt God telling you that you shouldn't do something? That's the conviction and the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your life. And so they felt that conviction and they said, Ugh, smoked their heart and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And he gave them the answer that Jesus Christ told them, told him to give them. To repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, that first part was the part where he said, You're going to have to die. You're going to have to die out to yourself. Die out to your flesh. Die out to the sin that's in your life. Amen. Those people in that upper room had to die out because they were Jews in the upper room. They had centuries of traditions that they had to die out to in order for God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we've got... we. And the, the Gentiles, with all their false religions and everything, those when they came, they had a lot of stuff in their life that they had to lay down. Talk about having to die. Amen? For ye are dead. Philippians 1.19 says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through the prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, Paul talking, and to die is gain. Amen? But I, if, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, what shall I choose? I wot not. So what is he saying there? He's saying, I, I've got a choice to make. I, I can either live by the flesh, or I can live according to the power of God that he has put in me. That same God that told him that, that there's going to be many things that he's going to have to suffer. Amen. He was over all of the churches in that day, in all of those cities, and he suffered many things for the sake of the gospel. And every time he'd suffer something, God would say, would tell him through the Holy Ghost, I right, go to this synagogue, go here, go here, do this. And, and he went all the way up to Rome. Yet through all of this, he had, had to keep on dying. So, you know, the Bible says that we die we, we come to that place of repentance where we die. We, we take that cross and we, we die, but we don't just die once. Amen. We've got to let that death reign in our mortal bodies. We've got to keep that old man dead. Because I'm going to tell you right now, all through the book of, the, book of Romans, Paul talks about how we battle this battle in our minds, in our spirit. We've got our spirit our spirit and God's spirit, we're battling. You know, my way versus his way. And we go back and forth. And Paul went through this. And Paul struggled with this. And how do I know that? Because he wrote about it. 
so many times in the book of, of Romans to the Rome to the church at Rome. He struggled with his flesh. Amen. Now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, but I still get up every morning and have to fight this flesh. I have to keep this old man dead. I gotta say, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I've got to get up every morning and say, it's not my will, God. I want to be in control, but I can't be in control and you be in control too. We can't have it both ways. Amen? Romans 8 and 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you thou... But if thou but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So what does that imply? To me, that implies that we're going to, we are either going to be led by the Spirit of God or we're going to be led by something else. Either we're going to be led by the enemy or we're going to be led by our own thoughts, our own plans, our own ideas. Once again, that's already been brought up this morning several times. Amen. And so it's not about who we are. Amen. We are debtors. We owe him a debt that we could not pay. That song says he paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's every day. Romans 7, verse 14 says, For we, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We fight this battle. We want to do right, but we just can't sometimes. Why is that? Because we let me get in the way. Because what I, I want to pet this flesh. I want, to, I want to make me feel good, and I don't want to have to crucify and sacrifice anything in my life. I mean, how many likes being in charge? <laughs> really, honestly, every one of us does. We like being in charge. We don't want to submit our will to somebody else. Amen. In the natural, we don't, and especially in the spiritual. This flesh fights against the Spirit of God. And there, there's, there's enmity there. They, they are not going to get along. That's why we had to crucify this flesh when we went to that altar of repentance. And it says in verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We can try to be as pious as we want to. We can try to act religious as we want to. But unless we are submitted to Him and letting Him... You know, the Bible says that out of His belly shall flow rivers of living water. We, we allowed God to, to begin to well up in us a spirit, His Spirit working in us. We can't then go back. I guess we could, but we shouldn't go back and then take over and say, I got this. Once we reach a point of comfort where we feel like, okay, I think I can handle this. If I need you, I'll let you know. It was His Spirit that led us to that place where we stood in a, in a church service or wherever it was, and we said, you know what? I need God. 
When our eyes were opened at that moment, when our eyes were opened on that day of Pentecost when Peter preached, their eyes were opened as the Spirit of God moved. It wasn't, any, it wasn't enticing words of men's wisdom that Peter preached. It was God ministering through Peter that opened the eyes of all those religious people, and they went, wow, amen. I can remember when I was religious in my religious upbringing, and I can remember when I, never, when I thought all these things that I were doing were just fine. And I had no clue. I couldn't see clearly. And just like Paul, when those scales were removed from his eyes and he began to see clearly, that revelation came upon him. That There came a day in our lives. Amen. There, there comes a day when, you know, when you go through your life and say, someday I'm going to do this. Someday this is going to happen. Someday I'm going to quit smoking. That, that was me. You know, not right now. And I, I, I probably quit a hundred times. I probably threw away hundreds of dollars worth of cigarettes trying to do it myself. But, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't realize I really had the Holy Ghost. I did, but I just didn't realize what I had. And in 1988 at Fort Huachuca, in a barracks room, I laid in a bed at night. With the light. It was dark outside. The lights were off. Everybody was sleeping. And I just laid there with tears in my eyes and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't quit. You're going to have to take them away from me. And I rolled over and went to sleep. And the next morning, I woke up, and it was as though I had never touched a cigarette in my life. And I knew that. I give him the glory for it. it. It didn't. It didn't click right away, but it was like I had. I didn't have that urge. I didn't have that desire to go. And and I was, I was two miles from the PX and had no car to drive, so I couldn't go buy any. So God just He knew how to position me for that moment. And that Monday morning, when I went back to my class, I was there for training. The guys on Friday that were telling me, would you quit bumming and go buy your own? Were walking up to me, offering them to me. And so I went, no. <laughs> I knew, I knew in the Spirit, I knew that was the enemy. Amen. And so when I let God do it, He did it just like that. He just took all that, you know, nicotine and all that desire, you know, because it is an addiction. Only God can do stuff like that. Amen. And so God was taking me down a path. He was preparing me for something. He's still working on me today. So it's, it's in my way of doing things. There dwells no good thing. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care. To me, this is, this is me, okay? I don't even care how much Bible I know. I'm still not going to be smart enough to do better one better than what God can do. Amen? So I have to wake up every morning and, and die. And submit myself and say, you, you gave me this day. You gave me every breath in my body. You gave me the health that I have. You gave me the ears to hear, the eyes to see, and the mind to understand. You're controlling my life. And I'm not going to try to take, put my hand back on the wheel because I'm just going to wreck the car. If we are really dead... It's not going to matter what God tells us to do. It's not going to matter where God tells us to go. And, you know, we were referring to Paul earlier, and all the things that Paul had to go through for, his, for the sake of his ministry that God called him into. So, 
God had to do that for Paul? Why would he not have to do that for every one of us? To make sure that we are dead and stay dead? Because, you know, (laughs) I mean, I can't even take credit for having a desire to serve God. I really can't. He puts that in me. He gives me that desire to serve Him and to worship Him. He's the one that drew me to Him in the first place. So I can't even take credit for having the desire because we just read that Scripture. That is in me. In, in my flesh dwells no good thing. It's not, it's not possible for me to desire to live for God unless He puts that in me and I let Him do that. And Paul had to keep thanking God for every trial and thanking God for every test. And we have stuff happening in our life, sicknesses and infirmities and all these things are happening in our life. And we're like, oh God, take this away from me. Deliver me from all this. And we, you have to think about, I do, you don't have to do anything, I guess, but I think about Job. Every time I feel like I'm going through a struggle, every time, time I feel like I'm fighting spirits or whatever, I think about Job. God allowed him to go through those things. I think about Paul. God allowed him to be beaten and be whipped and be, be cast into a ship that went that sunk and, and left on an island and be bit by a snake and all those things. And he let Job go through all those things for a reason. God was fixing to promote Job, but he saw something in him that he needed to get out of him. So he let all those things happen to Job so that Job would come to himself and say, I need you. Amen. And Job was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that walked with God, and he still had some stuff in him that needed to be dealt with. So that means he wasn't all the way dead yet. You know, we, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Yes, we, he died once for us, so we don't have to die that death. Amen. But the Bible says that we have to take up our cross daily and follow him. We've got to crucify this flesh every day. Amen. Just because you go to the waters of baptism in Jesus' name and, and you bury the, we, we're buried with him in baptism, right? That we might be ra- raised with him to newness of life. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that, that old man's not going to stay dead. Amen. Anybody know anybody that's, that's served God for a lot of years and turned away and turned, just turned one day, just stopped serving God? What happened? They didn't, let, they didn't keep their fresh flesh crucified. They quit praying. They quit, they quit consecrating with God. They quit putting their life down at the altar and saying, here, it's me again. I got, I got, here it is. This, you know, I know this is not of you. Just deal with it. Amen. Individually, we've got to do that. Amen. If we don't get that stuff out of the way, how is God going to be able to use us? Kind of referring back to this morning as soldiers in his army, if we got all these issues that, that we're carrying around, all this flesh, all these ideas in our head that, that are not of him, if we're not dead, he can't use us. If Paul hadn't have been dead and died constantly going through these things, you know, at one point, Paul was praying for, for what was the Bible called a thorn in the flesh. Anybody feel like they ever have a thorn in the flesh in their life? You know, that scripture, if you read that, it says, a messenger 
of Satan, it was sent to him. It says it was sent to him. A messenger of Satan to buffet him. That word buffet is like pugilism, like boxing. And so it wasn't just a messenger of Satan, but it was just like Job. It was a messenger of Satan sent. God said, I'm going to give you a little gift. I'm going to send you some stuff. Just make sure you stay humble because that scripture says that he was going to show him mighty things. He was going to show him revelations. And so he wanted him to stay humble. And so if he had to do that for Paul, I'm sorry, but he's going to send stuff in your life. If you're a vessel that's going to be used by God, he's going to send stuff in your life. He's going to send stuff in my life. I was, I'm going to say this. I was commenting to somebody the other day. I believe, personally, that God brought me and my wife here to die. He did. Not like we weren't dead enough already. Amen. It just seems like it's just been one thing after the other. It's just like seems like we've never really God's never allowed us to be plugged in anywhere. I, and I've just I've gotten to the point where I'm just fine. You know, and just one thing after the other. And several times I've almost wanted to just walk away and quit. Nobody's ever felt that before, right? But I just feel like this is just one more step for my ministry and for my walk with God. Because if the righteous shall scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? So if I consider myself to be one of those righteous, not because of me, because he's robed me with his righteousness. If I'm going to scarcely be saved, then I need him. I need him working in my life. I need to be dying. And if it if it's if I got to come up here to die or where you know, I told my wife one day, at least it's not Alaska. Do <laughs> you think this is cold? <laughs> but, but God needs God knows what he's doing in my life. But you know what? He's not going to go against your will because he gave you that will. He gave you the will to choose, right? I can choose to live for God or I can choose to walk out that door and never come back and say, you know, I'm, I've had enough of this. I don't need this. They're having fun out there. I'm missing out on all the fun. I, I'm just, I'm going to go out there. We have a, the right to choose. And he's going to honor our choice. Whether we choose to die, if you live under this world, you're going to die later. But if you die now, you're going to live later. You're going to get to stand before him and you're going to cast your crown before the Lord of glory. And so we have to decide if we want to be dead or not. And so if this is what, if, if God needs me to come here to die some more, then I'm willing to come because I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be out of his will. I want to be smack dab in the middle of his perfect will. Amen. Amen. Matthew twenty six twenty four says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And so what are the two masters in our life? Well, the master, my master, my king of kings and my lord of lords, he's my master. But we do have another master in our life that we've got to deal with every day. This old man, we've got, he's our master if we let him. And so this old man's going to rise up every day and try to control your life. 
And it, and it might sound valid, and it might sound real spiritual. You telling yourself in your mind that I got this, and I can handle this, and God, if I need you, I'll let you know. But this old man, he's not, he's got to stay dead. Amen. And so after he commissioned the church, you know, Jesus spoke to them. He said, I'm going to do you with power from on high. I'm going to make you witnesses. I think I talked about this last week. That word witnesses in Acts 1 and 8 is translated. Anybody remember? I remember. Amen. We're going to be, it's, it basically means you're going to die. You're going to be a martyr. That's what that word witnesses means. You're going to be a martyr. You're willingly saying, I want to be a martyr for the sake of the kingdom. When you, and, and that sounds great when the King James says witnesses, but it really means to be a martyr. And so we're volunteering for this. You know, we serve, we, we live, we have a vol, all volunteer army today. Right? And we, we're joining an all-volunteer army when we join the kingdom of God. And we are willing to do, you know, we, it's great to read about Paul and what he went through, but are you willing to go through that? To suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus? Those men that, that went in to, to see the, the leaders and got beaten, they, they walked out of that meeting and they were, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be beaten for the sake of the name of Jesus. And after they told them to quit preaching the name, do you know what they did? <laughs> they kept on preaching because they weren't willing to say no. It's just like the three Hebrew children. They weren't willing to say, no, I'm not going to stop preaching because you say so. And we can't stop preaching. He has given us that power. And we have to, we have to look beyond ourselves and say, if it, if it needs be that I have to suffer and die for the sake of the kingdom of God, so be it. Amen? How many people have died for the sake of the kingdom and brought about great revivals because they didn't get to stay on this earth? Amen? There, we have one missionary that went to Singapore, Steve Willoughby and his wife. Both of them died of cancer. And we look at that and we go, how fair is that? They were doing a great work. And we were at the district conference and Brother Timothy, the young Chinese man that took over that church after Brother Willoughby died, he said, I wasn't prepared for this. He said, he said, I wasn't ready for this. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I was ready yet. I, was, I needed him to be around a little bit longer. But God told him, no, no, you're ready now. And what happened to Brother Timothy? He had to die. And he, he talked to us at the district conference about all the things that he had to go through and for God to wake him up and to get his eyes opened and to see, hey, it's not you. It's me. If you'll just get out of the way. And let me operate, this thing will work. And they had to lose a building, and they had to move into a smaller space, and all this stuff had to happen for Brother Timothy to die. And so we have to die today. Amen. If you're not dead already, you need to die. And it's really all about who's on the throne. Who is on the throne of your life today? Amen. What do we have to do to offer? In this life, whatever we have in our life that we have to offer, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, they all came from Him. So we can't even take credit for those things. And so if we let ourselves...
get lifted up in those things, we're, we're going to find ourselves losing out with God. And so we have to acknowledge every day. I, I know I, it seems like I keep beating a dead horse here on this, but we've got to be dead if he's going to use us, amen, because he is not going to usurp our will. So if, we, if our will's in the way, he, will, he'll not, he won't flow through me if my will's in the way. And that was my biggest problem for many years is I was, I was trying to run things. I was trying to, to figure it out. And I was trying to say, well, God, if this was happening, then I'd be in your will. And if this was happening, then I'd be in your will. And he was saying, oh, really? Really? <laughs> and when did you decide what was my will? And so he, what did he do? He let me struggle. He let me suffer. He let me just flounder out there in the middle of the ocean until I finally figured out that I needed to just submit myself and let him run things. And it's just been flowing. And, and it's not over. I just know that. It's not over. God's not done with me. And I don't want him to be done with me, do you? Amen. So we've got to die. Luke puts it very well on how we should approach our relationship to God in this present life. In Luke verse nine, chapter 9, verse 23... It says, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And that word deny there is to deny utterly and to disown. To disown yourself. I'm not my own. You've got to tell yourself, I am not my own. You've got to tell him that every day. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. And take up his cross, which means to commit capital punishment on yourself. And that doesn't physically mean nail yourself to the cross, but you, we've got to do that and kill this flesh every day. And it, and it says to take up your cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save, protect, or preserve his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For what is a man advantaged if he had gained the whole world and lose his own soul? lose himself, or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me in my words, and of my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come into his glory, his own glory, and in the Father's, and in the holy angels. Amen. Matthew 6:33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You've got to count your life as not worthy of anything. You're, you're, you're dead. You're a dead man. When you went down in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name, you know, the Bible says we are buried with him by baptism. So when we went down in the, the name of Jesus, we were buried with him. He went to the grave, didn't he? He had to die so that we could live. And so we have to follow in that same pattern. Pastor Parker talks about, and, and the Bible is full of patterns and principles. And so we've got to follow that pattern of repentance from dead works. Baptism in Jesus' name, that dying out, that going on to the altar of repentance and burning up this flesh and saying, I'm no good. I, there's nothing in me that's any good. I need you, God. And we go to that place. And when we come out of those waters of baptism in Jesus' name, we rise in newness of life. Amen? So it's not our will, it's not our way, it's not our intellect. It's not our personality, our talents, our abilities. Any of that came that we have came from Him anyway. Amen? 
And so it was manifested in us. And so whatever we have, whatever talents, whatever abilities, whatever intellect we have came from him. And so it needs to, all the glory needs to go back to him. Amen. I don't, I don't want to take his glory. Amen. The Bible says that no, that no flesh should glory in his presence. I don't want to be found taking the glory of God unto myself and saying, I did this. Amen. That's what Satan, that's what happened to Lucifer. He's like, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm going to make, I'm going to make the decisions. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise myself and edify myself and I'm going to usurp God. And what happened to him? He was cast down. First Corinthians six nineteen says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Amen. You were on the slave the slab where they sell the slaves, and, and he bought you with the price of his blood. We are not our own. Where, uh, Colossians 2 and 20 says, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? If we be dead. So the question we have to you today is, are you dead? Are you dead? Is your life hid with Christ in God? If you're hid with Christ in God, it's not about you. It's about Him. In speaking to the church at Galatia, Apostle Paul really brings it down to the hard reality in Galatians 2 and 20. He says, now once again, this is a man that that has been through some stuff. Okay? So Paul is speaking from experience to the church, and he's saying, I am crucified with Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ, when he, when he went to that cross, he was still man. And so when he went to that place of prayer, he said, If this cup could pass from me, Father, I'd like for it to. Nevertheless, Sister Parker always already brought out, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that really needs to be the prayer that we pray. That's that prayer of death that we need to pray. Father, I know I have all these plans today and I have all this stuff scheduled out today and, and I know what I'm going to do today and I've got my whole life scheduled out before me, but nevertheless, not my will. If you want to change my plans, God, change them. Because I want you to get the glory. I want you to receive the honor. Amen. He might need you to do some things that your flesh is not going to want to do. Amen. To intercede and travail. He might be calling you to a a prayer ministry that's not going to be a comfortable thing to do. He might be calling you to fast. He might be calling you to do something that your flesh is not going to like, but it's going to be for His glory. Paul and his flesh didn't want to have to go through all that stuff. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live. I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And as I close this morning, I wanted to to just read one last scripture. And um, we can all stand around this room. Amen. 
God's already ministered in this place through the testimony. He's already ministered through song. He's already confirmed what he was going to say today through some other things that were said. And so this is all God today. This is not me. This is not Sister Parker. This is just God flowing and moving in this service because this is his church. This is his congregation. He is the one that is is ruling and reigning in our lives today. He's the one that's speaking. Okay? John 15, verse 4 through 5 says, Abide in me. I don't think that's a suggestion. I think that's a command. I take it as a command. Abide in me. Don't trust in yourself. Trust not, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3 and 5. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That's a hard thing to do, to, to acknowledge him in all of your ways. That means you give up. You give up control. You don't even get to touch the steering wheel. You have to take your hands off. You don't even get to put, you don't even get to have the extra brake on your side of the, the car to, to play like you're, you, if he doesn't want to put the brakes on, that's not your concern. If he's letting you go that way, then he's, he's already ahead of you making sure you're going to make it. Amen. Abide in me and, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye Except you abide in me. And we are the branch today. You're the branch. It, it doesn't matter if you were grafted in yesterday or 30 years ago. You are the branch and you've been grafted into the vine. And so everything that, every fruit that you produce out of your branch comes the, the the nutrients and all that you are and all that you do for the kingdom doesn't come from the branch. It's got to get its nutrients from the vine. As, as spring comes forth, uh, there was things going on in the root and in and in the branch in the the in the uh, the trunk of the trees long before the little buds started showing up out on the ends of the trees. And so we have to, we're attached to the vine. We've got to depend on the vine. The branch doesn't get to decide. It gets all of its nutrients. It gets everything it needs from the vine. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And that, in uh, other translations, that that verse, that part of that verse right there says, "For without me, you cannot do one single thing." Amen. You might be doing some stuff out of your flesh, but without me, as far as the will of God is concerned, as far as being attached to the vine, as far as being a part of Him, as far as being operating according to His will, if you're not abiding in Him, you're abiding alone. And if you don't have the vine connected to you as a branch, what's going to happen? You're going to die. And I don't want to die that kind of death. I want to voluntarily die out to this flesh. I want to acknowledge that, hey, I'm connected to the vine and I can't do anything without him. I can't do anything unless I abide in him and his word abides in me. Amen? And if the more we put of him inside of here... The more we more we get in here, the more the easier it is for him to just 
speak to us and say, do this, do that, say this, say that. Amen? Amen? I've had those moments where I don't know why I said what I said, but it had to be God given that me, to me to say at that moment. Because he says, don't worry about what you're going to say. When you get there, I'll tell you what to say. Amen. So he is in this place today. Amen. I believe that you know, with everything going on in this world, that we are coming to the closing time. The closing of time. I really believe that, that, that it's imminent. And I, I believe that God is trying to get a hold of his church in the last day and, and to wake. I, don't, I can speak for me, okay? I know he's trying to wake me up. He's moving and doing some things in my life that's causing me to, to kind of step back and say, wait a minute. I think I've been had too much of a hand in all this. And he's causing me to step back and say, okay, if you'll just take your hand off of it, I got it. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying every day. I'm dying every day. I'm waking up every day saying, God, I can't do this without you. How many in this room feels that today? Amen. God, we love you today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for you being the vine and us being the branch, Lord Jesus. For us being dead to you, Lord Jesus, and you being alive in us, Lord, ministering to us. Teaching us, Lord Jesus. Speaking to us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving us ears to hear today. Thank you for giving us a mind to understand today. Thank you for speaking your word and confirming your word to us today in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for giving me life and health and breath today, Father. But most of all, I thank you for allowing me to be dead unto you, that you might live through me, that you might operate and function, that you might move through me, that you might direct every thought, every step, every word that I say. Father, we love you today. We want to do your will. We desire. We thank you for putting that desire in us to even want to do your will today. For without you, Father, we can do nothing today. Father, we love you today. I want to give you the opportunity, if you feel like you need to, to come up to this altar. If you feel like you need to, to re-consecrate yourself. If you feel like you, if you're looking over your life have, as the Lord's been ministering here today, if you feel like that, that maybe there's some things in your life that, not, that are not pleasing to God, some things that you need to just kind of come up here and leave them at the altar, then I encourage you right now. If you feel like there's something you need to leave at this altar today, to come to this altar. In Jesus' name.